Hello, listeners. I'll be your narrator for this evening. My name is Jack, and these are the stories I wrote. Jocelyn of the Stars Prologue Fiction July 3rd, 2017 In a suburb of South Jersey, a little girl, named Jocelyn, lies down on the grass of her backyard. She is bathed in the shadows of her mother and father's friends as they idly chatter around their fire pit. She is looking at the night sky, focusing on the flickering of the stars. She is sure she can see their flames, and she allows herself to dream. She is overcome with this feeling, this feeling that there is something out there, waiting for her. She feels herself floating, pulled into the atmosphere, into the void of space. Miles go by, thousands of miles, before she reaches the star in its massive, burning, white-hot flames curl and spark off of itself creating a bubbling, rippling sphere of fire. The flames call to her, lapping over her skin, filling her with the sense of power that she had never felt before. She was confident. She could take on the world. She could rule the world. She sees a vision of the future. She sees herself walking in air, weaving through the earthen remains of a destroyed planet. Her mother wakes her up gently and carries her small frame towards the house, towards bedtime. Jocelyn keeps her gaze on the night sky, the meaning of her dream perplexing her. It's October 17th, 2024. Jocelyn, now in seventh grade, lounges on her galaxy print comforter, whittling away at her pre-algebra homework. Her room is plastered with posters of nebulas, her walls are covered with glow-in-the-dark stars, and from her ceiling hangs a mobile made of paper X-wings orbiting around the Millennium Falcon. The radio plays in the background. That was St. Bernard and the Chard with their latest single, The Employee Check. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Miss Yvonne, and this is The Things You've Missed, showcasing the amazing music and news that isn't covered by the mainstream. Now, did you know that a huge press conference was just held in Vienna regarding a monumental leap in space travel technology? Apparently, scientists have invented a way to safely accelerate and deaccelerate to and from light speed. Star Trek is real, y'all. So to celebrate, here's Sweet and Low with Interstellar Flapjacks. 
Jocelyn's pen drips from X's and Y's to drawing rockets ricocheting off comets in the margin of her worksheet. It's August 2nd, 2030. Jocelyn sits in the recruitment center lobby, eyes drifting over the Sail Among the Stars and Unveil the Unknown posters, all of them showing pretty young individuals with snow-white smiles and glistening eyes adorned in the sleek black uniforms of the Interstellar Exploration Federation. Jocelyn McRyan! She is poked and prodded. She is covered in electrodes, she pees in a cup. Have you ever broken any bones? Yes, my arm when I was 10. Have you ever had any surgeries? I got my appendix removed at 16. Are you on birth control? I have the arm implant. How old are you? 19. The head of the New Jersey State IEF recruitment dissects a file two inches thick. Jocelyn sits as straight as possible in the chair across from her. Hands fold neatly, eyes lingering over the ream of paper that would decide her fate. Now, Miss McRyan, you are aware of the consequences of long-term space travel, right? That you will age slower than your counterparts on other planets? Light years are a measurement of time as much as they are a speed. Yes, ma'am. So you are prepared to come back to er the possibility of an Earth very much changed in the Earth you know now. Yes, ma'am. You're prepared for the chance that those you know and love may be dead upon your arrival. Yes, ma'am. Excellent. Please sign and initial where the flags mark, and you'll start training camp in a month. Spend time with your family while you can. Yes, ma'am. It's September 1st, 2030. The McRyan backyard hasn't changed much over the past 19 years. The fire pit was still the main fixture and its flames danced magnificently as Jocelyn, her closest friends, and her parents sat around it deep in thought. So when you discover new planets, you're gonna open churches in our name, right? Like the Church of Jesse or Blessed Masterton Church of the Jessenites sound amazing, right? Jocelyn laughs. Jessenites, huh? What's their shtick? They believe in looking good with little to no effort, and aspire to achieve aesthetic goals with ease in order to make the world a more fashionable and relaxed place. Well, then maybe you should be the one traversing the galaxy. Nah, too much work. Jessie shoves a s'more into her mouth. Plus those space helmets would ruin my hair. Silence falls again. They all stare into the embers. Are you sure you're ready for this, Josh? Her friend Amanda chimes. Jocelyn looks up from the coals to see all eyes fixed on her. Filled with worry, concern, confusion, and on our parents' faces, hope. There's a good chance that we'll never see you again. And if we do, I'll be what? 60? 80? 
Your parents will be dead and... I love you. Jocelyn interjects. I love you all immensely. And I thank you for the time we've had and I want you all to be happy. But this is what will make me happy. I know it. It kills me knowing that we're not going to grow old together. Not going to build lives together. That I'm going to miss every Christmas and birthday of yours. But I won't be able to hug you or kiss you or hold your hands when you die. I was taught to follow my gut, my heart, and every inch of my being knows that I am meant to be out there, that my purpose is out there. Her parents embrace her deeply. Her friends encircle her as well. No one asks any more questions. And now, for some inspiration. September 8th, 2030. Jocelyn aches constantly. Her shoulder blades sear every time she bends over. Her calves feel as though they are peeling off of her bones. She can't even stand up straight in the morning. She's up at four, running two miles in under 13 minutes. 40 cool-down burpees, then breakfast. Next is weight training. 
They wanted to be able to carry 200 pounds of dead weight across 500 feet of obstacles in under six minutes by the end of the month. After a light lunch, it's space training time. They practice all the basic zero-G and machine maintenance tests while also studying alien languages, cultures, and technology from the planets other IEF members have already discovered. They end the day eating alien food. Jocelyn has had food poisoning twice this week and five allergic reactions. It is May 21st, 2031. Jocelyn studies herself in the mirror. Her shoulders look wider in the black suit. The purple embroidered emblem of the IEF rests heavy on her chest. She looks stronger, a truer version of herself. She smiles. Lunch is in two hours, and her newly assigned team sits together over lunch, trying to forge some understanding of characters before they become a forced family flying on a tin can for the unforeseeable future. Dominic Torrey, Tamara Novak, Wells Anderson, Alir Grace, Courtney Timms, Mackenzie Dickinson, Jason Lavender, Anita Kitt, Sarah Weil, and Jocelyn McRyan make alert small talk with each other, dusting facts about their lives before the IEF with lighthearted jokes and references to television shows. Two hours later. The launch pad roars, shaking the vessel as the countdown plays over the comm system. The crew of the Avalon is strapped in their command center positions. Some of them have faces of stone sweating in gray, dreading the gut-wrenching feel of the launch. Jocelyn bounces her leg eagerly, her twinkling eyes clearly giving away her excitement. She looks to her left and sees Wells, eyes closed and muttering something under his breath. She laughs, and he makes eye contact with her. He looks absolutely panicked. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Imagine being in a massive chair explosion or inside a gravitron that has come off the rails, the Avalon rattles through the Earth's atmosphere, tearing through it at 25,700 miles per hour. It lasts for a few minutes, then suddenly stops, suddenly smooth and surrounded by stars. Dims, Captain Wilde's voice breaks the astonished silence that had settled in the command center. Take over the controls and steer us towards the Omega Quadrant. Everyone else, you are now free to walk about the cabin. Everyone gets up out of their seats and begins to get better acclimated with their new surroundings. But Jocelyn sits in her seats unmoving. Her mouth slightly agape, tears stream down her face, staring out through the glass at the endless swath of stars. The feeling she felt as a child, laying on her back on the lawn of her childhood home, hits her like a ton of bricks once more. And she hears a voice, a whisper, light and sound and urgent in tone, echoing through the universe and resonating through her mind like a struck bell. Find me. It demands. Find me. 
Author's Note Stories I Wrote is an audio archive of the written works of Jack. Jack has been writing all of her life and wanted to give those stories a chance to live. Like our Facebook page, Stories I Wrote, and follow us on Twitter at capital S-I-W-Cast. As always, trigger warnings and interlude titles are listed in the description. And remember, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. So share your stories, Share these stories, and as always, thank you for listening.